Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. My name is Spencer Powell, the Inbound Marketing Director at Builder Funnel, and each week we bring you marketing and sales strategies for your home building or remodeling business. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome to episode three of Builder Funnel Radio, marketing and sales strategies in between job sites. I'm your host, Spencer Powell, here at Builder Funnel, and we help home builders, remodelers, and contractors generate more leads from their own websites and close more sales. And with me today, I've got Danielle Russell. And how's it going today, Danielle? Hey, Spencer, it's going really well. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it's a great Tuesday today. And Danielle is an inbound marketing specialist here at Builder Funnel. And that means she's working to execute successful inbound campaigns for our clients. Danielle has five different certifications, inbound and inbound sales, and she's been mastering digital marketing for the last five years. Is that right, Danielle? That's correct. The past two years specifically with Builder Funnel. Very cool. Well, we're glad to have you here today. And today we really wanted to talk about inbound marketing and the inbound marketing methodology. So Danielle, do you want to kick us off and kind of give our listeners an overview of, you know, maybe if they're unfamiliar with this term inbound marketing, you know, what does that even mean? So for me, inbound marketing means a lot of things, but essentially at its core, we're really just trying to be helpful and develop content that really connects with users and people who are searching for something online and hoping to find an answer. Yeah, I think um, I think what we've seen really is this big shift in the way people search and buy, and that's really how inbound marketing kind of came about. HubSpot likes to say that they coined the phrase inbound marketing, and really I think um, whether they did or didn't is kind of irrelevant. I think it's really just part of this big shift that we've seen. You know, marketing used to be this push, push, push. Let me get my message out in front of my audience. Let me blast, you know, stuff out there, whether it's TV or, you know, radio or billboards or, um, you know, some of these outbound push channels. And today, you know, like you said, Danielle, everything is done online and not everything but almost everything today is pretty much done online and and that largely includes how to research you know products and services that you'd want to buy and so today we kind of want to dive into how do we take advantage of the fact that people are looking for um, you know new homes online they're looking for remodelers uh, to redesign and you know remodel their homes their kitchens um, and fix up their homes when uh, they're looking to make some major improvements and so let's kind of dive into the meat of it here um, Daniel what is the first kind of big section when people start to think okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get on board with inbound marketing I know people are online searching you know how do we get found yeah so at the very beginning, we're just trying to drive traffic to your website, and that way your website becomes your biggest sales ally, really. So initially, when we're just trying to drive traffic, you know, we're developing the content. So that includes blogging, for example, and developing the SEO around all of that blogging. And just to complete the snapshot, usually social media also. And there are many other ways to drive traffic to a website, but those are kind of the 
initial big guns that we go to when we're starting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when people start to look at those tactics like blogging and SEO and social media, they look at them as kind of isolated tactics. And so they go, okay, I need to write some blog articles and then they'll sit down and start writing. Um, But there's not a lot of strategy and purpose behind it. And um, we're starting to see some, some big changes in the content realm in terms of um, kind of these pillar pages or big, uh, long pieces of content. Um, and we we'll probably get into that on another day, but I think the important part is that, you know, when we think about content and SEO specifically, those two really go together. And if we don't have a piece of content, then we don't have anything to optimize. Do you see some of that confusion when people kind of think, oh yeah, I'm just going to do some SEO or I'm going to do some blogging? Yeah, I definitely do. And there are many forms of SEO, like there's the in-page SEO and just so many different ways and elements to SEO. So I think Part of the confusion is it's such a big topic and when you're performing SEO, you're trying to consider not just how people are searching, but also Google's algorithms and Yelp's algorithms and Bing's algorithms. And it seems very overwhelming and complicated when you're not really sure how to start to tie it into your own content. But there are some really simple methods that go along with building your blogging repertoire and how to build in that SEO with your blogging as you're going and how to develop that content strategy so that you're really answering questions for people and being helpful and also answering questions that they might not even know they have yet by delivering the right content at the right time. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, and that's a great place to start when you think about your blogging strategy is what are people out there looking for? You know, what questions do they have? You know, so if they are going to, you know, they want to remodel their kitchen, you know, they probably want to know what the process looks like for remodeling or what it's going to cost and, you know, how do they find a quality company? And, you know, when we start to look at those fundamental questions, it's really, that's what drives that research. And so that should be kind of the foundation of a lot of your content, which is, if somebody's asking that question, then I want to be answering that question so I can get found. And then, you know, we can get super technical in terms of the actual specific keywords and keyword phrases that we're trying to target. And there's a lot we can do around keyword research, um, probably a little outside the scope of what we want to talk about today. But um, fundamentally, I think if you start with your blogging strategy as I'm just going to be really helpful and answer all the questions that I get in the sales process already and try to write that out in blog format or on a content page, um, then you're going to be well on your way to starting to get found for some of those keywords and some of those people that are looking for those questions. And so that, you know, that kind of brings us to that next piece of social media and how does that kind of tie into this traffic driving process. We've got blogging and SEO, which is you know, hey, we want to rank on Google and try to get found organically, but there are other channels that we can use to also drive uh, people back to our website. So Danielle, I know you're kind of our internal social media expert here. Um, 
where do you want to start with this topic? It's pretty big. There's a lot of channels. You know, how does that kind of play into the methodology here? Yeah, it plays directly into the inbound methodology of basically just being helpful. But it adds that little edge of your brand persona and your personality and kind of tapping into all of the positives that good branding offers with your company as well. So it kind of separates you from everyone else by being able to have a face to the name. So for example, on Facebook, you'll have your logo and you'll be able to talk the way you would want to represent your brand. And a lot of times that's what people are looking for when they're searching online is they want something that's not just the really typical run of the mill answer like you would find in a standard blog, but they want something that's going to pull them in, something that they identify with and that kind of language that they, again, that they identify with and they understand. And that's a really key piece to social media on really any platform. And like you said, there are many platforms and many different ways to share. And, you know, some platforms are better for imagery and some are better for hashtags and some are better for just kind of telling your story and introducing your team and talking more about other content pages you might have on your website, like a portfolio page. So there are many different strategies across all of the social media platforms, but the point is really just to be sure that any content that you're already developing through your blogging and your website in general, that you're sending that message out there to be found. Because there are a lot of people who are using social media as a search engine now as well. Yeah, and I think um, I want to jump back to one of your earlier points there, just about how can we be helpful and thinking about, you know, social media from that perspective. I think you know, I see a lot of Facebook pages of home builders or remodelers, and it's like, come schedule a consultation, or we offer great remodeling services, and it's very promotional. And I think the way I would approach it is look at your own feed. And when you go on Facebook as a user, not as a business, and if you saw something like that, you know, would that make you want to click or contact that company and i would think for most everybody the answer would be no and so i think a helpful way to think about social media is you know going back to that content that we created with those blogs or it could be videos or you mentioned portfolio on the on the website but now we've got something helpful or interesting uh, or even funny or you know entertaining to share on social media and so I think you, you mentioned the word edge, but on social media, you can share, you know, a blog post, but you can also share, you know, maybe you're doing something fun with your company. And, you know, I know we do like Halloween photos and we're all dressed up and it doesn't have to do with marketing, but um, it's got a little bit of an edge or just something unique to our brand. And um, it's a good way to actually drive some engagement because people get to know kind of the human side of you as well. And I feel like social media is pretty good for that. Do you see that as one of the best channels to kind of bring out the, the human side of a company? Absolutely. What I always like to remind people who are just diving into the social media side is that social media isn't about selling. It's about building that community around your brand and really empathizing with a problem that people might be running into, for example, an outdated kitchen around the holiday season. So that's a twofer. 
they really want to update their kitchen so that when they're hosting for the holidays, people have enough room and are impressed with their beautiful kitchen and really driving that point home on social media when you're sharing a blog about that topic, for example. It's about empathizing with this problem that these people are running into versus selling your wonderful remodeling skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And um, I think at this point, let's let's guide people to that next step in the methodology. We could probably talk about social media all day just because there's so many factors and so many channels. Um, but just to recap, we talked about the first phase of the inbound methodology, which is we want to drive traffic to the website. We want to attract uh, the right type of customers. And we do that through blogging or content creation, search engine optimization, and social media. So now that we're getting people that are actually coming to our website, you know, that's kind of step one. Cool, we got people coming to our site, but if we don't do a good job of converting them, they're just going to browse and then leave. So that's really that next phase, which is how do we convert traffic into leads? So Danielle, what are kind of the first few steps, just kind of the basics? How do we, once people are on the site, they're browsing, looking at homes or portfolio or our about us page, how do we get them to convert? The three top ways that we try to get just website viewers and users to convert into leads, for example, we use lots of calls to action all across the website and those will generally take you to a landing page and landing pages are different from website content pages we'll get into that a little bit too and then we want to offer these premium content pieces so it's more information than just what you would include on your website directly or in a blog for example it's either more in depth or maybe it's just that next piece beyond what you're already offering for free on the website for anyone to see. So basically you're trying to have something that is worth a website viewer to give up their email address so that they can engage with that next piece of content. And that's just a big snapshot of how we typically convert to leads. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, a great overview. And I think jumping into the CTAs as we call them or calls to action, Really the way we think about it is somebody could enter your website on any page. They could do a Google search and find your home page, or they might find an interior service page, or maybe if you're a home builder and you're promoting an open house, you maybe shared it on social media, they might have gone right to that page. And so we need to have different calls to action at different stages of the funnel, but we also need to have those on every page of our website because we don't know where that user is going to land first and so we can't just depend on our home page to be able to convert everyone so uh, the way i like to think about it is each page should have two to three calls to action at different stages of the funnel so as an example if somebody was on a floor plan page for um, a new home community you might have a download the community brochure and that might be a call to action to download that but then you also might have uh, a button that says click here to schedule a tour of an open house and so right there you've covered somebody that's just researching and they don't want to necessarily talk to anyone yet or come in um, and they're not at that stage 
but then for the people that are ready, you've also got something that appeals to them. So when we think about calls to action, we think about top of the funnel and middle and bottom of the funnel. And then the next piece is relevance. So um, let's use the example of a blog. Let's say they were reading a blog post on kitchen remodeling uh, design ideas and they read, read that post and they like it, but we offer them maybe a kitchen design guide as a next step. And so that would be a call to action to download the kitchen design guide if they wanna go a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper. So when it comes to those calls to action, it is a little bit of work you know, to build all these out and think about what is gonna be the most relevant and what fits um, the content on this page but we've seen that drive, that conversion rate from traffic to leads uh, pretty significantly. Um, but once somebody clicks on that call to action button, we take them to that landing page or conversion page. And Danielle, do you maybe wanna walk people through some good pointers on a, a good conversion page or landing page? Definitely. Number one, no navigation away from that page <laughs> because once you drive people to that page, you're really trying to get them to convert. So there'd be no normal menu at the top of the page, for example, and all you have a form and you're trying to get people to fill out that form again, to relinquish their email address, to take it to the next level so they can download that next piece of content. And then that email is what's critical to you as the home builder remodeler company so that you can keep in touch once you've converted that lead but we'll talk about that a little bit later. I just got so excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> foreshadowing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so landing pages, you know, you're really just trying to explain what that next piece of content is and explain it in a very helpful way so that whoever is viewing that page knows exactly what they're going to download, exactly what they're going to learn from it. And hopefully it's visually appealing. You're really just trying to pull them right in on that page and have them decide in that moment that they're ready to take that step, whatever that next offer or piece of content is. But that that landing page is your sales tool to make people decide right then. Yeah, absolutely. With landing pages, you like you said, it's really just, we've got them here. How do we get them to fill out the form and convert into that, that lead or that email in our database that we can now used to stay in touch with them. And um, we've been talking a lot about some things that are very visual. So we'll make sure to link some of these up in the show notes afterward for those of you that are wondering, you know, what's a good example of a call to action button or what's a good landing page look like? Um, and really the third piece is the premium content or offers that you mentioned, Danielle. And those are really just a function of what we've already talked about. You know, if we've got a kitchen design guide, you're promoting that on your call to action button. You're describing what that is on the landing page. And then when they fill out the form, they actually receive that PDF or design guide. Uh, or if it's a consultation, you don't actually need a, you know, a piece of premium content, but you do need to deliver on that offer. So now that we've captured a lead, you know, so good, we've driven some traffic and now we've actually converted somebody into a lead. They've given us their name and email, hopefully a phone number. Now we need to convert those leads into customers. And so marketing can't do everything, but we can continue to bring that lead along the funnel. And that's where email becomes a really powerful tool. 
Um, Danielle, what are maybe the top couple of ways that you know home builders or remodelers can leverage email to try to move um, their leads down the funnel and take some action and get them talking to to salespeople? I would say the two main forms of email that marketers use. We use newsletters and we use email nurturing. And newsletters, we can look at all of the content that we've been sharing for, let's say, that past month if you're doing monthly newsletters, or maybe that past quarter if you're doing quarterly newsletters, and we see what pages are performing well. We know what people are enjoying reading, maybe your top clicked-through blogs, or a new offer that you built from our previous discussion that we just had. And you make sure that you have those in your newsletter because you know whoever you're emailing, they have an interest. And with newsletters, you're really trying to, again, provide that helpful, the same general inbound methodology of being helpful and providing answers. And with email nurturing, because we have seen where people have converted on pages and we know the particular what they're interested in in that particular moment once they convert it, we're able to build out email nurtures on that particular information. So for example, if someone did decide to download a kitchen design guide, then we can send email nurtures over maybe a week, two weeks, even longer, and just send an email every two days saying, hey, here's our newest information and send some design trends or a recent blog that you published about kitchen design and just keep continuing and elongating that helpfulness and keep dripping on these people essentially is what we call it and the more you're watering those leads eventually they'll sprout <laughs> yeah no that's a great analogy and i think um you're exactly right it's like from the beginning we've tried to add value and be helpful in this process you know, starting from those initial blog posts or social media posts. And then when they got to the site and they wanted to download more information, hopefully they thought that was valuable enough to give up their information. And now that they're on our list, you know, we have a good responsibility to deliver them things that they're going to be interested in. Otherwise, they'll just opt out and unsubscribe. And so to your point, you know, let's try to be as helpful. And and to me, that often comes in the form of relevance. And so you mentioned the example of if somebody downloads a kitchen design guide, hey, we'll send you six or seven emails on you know more kitchen related items. And sure, we might sprinkle in, you know, some things about, you know, if you're doing your kitchen, you know, think about your bathroom or maybe you're gonna think about the living dining area and, you know, some things that are connected to that topic. But at the end of the day, we're trying to guide this person through their buyer journey, you know, as they're thinking about this big decision and help them along the way. And the other thing that we do to kind of help move them down the funnel is within the, that nurturing campaign or even within a, a newsletter, we'll offer them up that next step, whether that's a remodeling consultation or coming into a model home. Um, that just kind of puts that next step right in front of them so that they don't just think about it forever, you know, and, and not take any action. You know, we know they started researching for a reason, they were interested, so let's try to keep helping them, you know, down the funnel. Um, and then the other piece of this, you know, closing process of getting leads to customers, 
obviously takes place on the sales side. So having a good CRM and a good just one-to-one follow-up um, is extremely important too. But in the context of what we're talking about t- today in terms of what marketing can control, it's very email-based in terms of, you know, like you mentioned, newsletters and nurturing. But that kind of covers uh, almost the entire methodology we've gone through driving traffic, converting leads, and then now nurturing leads and moving them down either to to close or at least to a salesperson where they can take them the rest of the way. Um, But once we've landed a customer, there's actually a last stage, which is the delight stage, which is how can we, you know, basically uh, continue to be helpful to this person even after they've, you know, exchanged money with us and become a customer um, so that hopefully they will turn around and start talking about us. Um, so, Daniel, we've got a little bit of time left on the, the show today. Do you want to touch on a couple of, um, I guess, ideas or thoughts on how people can leverage this delight section of the inbound methodology? Absolutely. This is one of my favorites. I love to <laughs> turn clients into raving fans of our brand. Yes. So one of the... <laughs> of the first and foremost is filling out all of your reviews. You know, we're on so many different social media profiles and Google, Yelp, everywhere. So it's really important to, once you know a client has had a great experience with you, to ask for that review because that helps you as a way of boosting the Google algorithm and showing that relevance that your company has been helpful. But also, especially on social media, when someone writes a review for a company, their friends are able to see that review because it will show up in their newsfeed. So that kind of opens your horizons of potential new leads. Um, We also always recommend a referral program, for example, but referrals are another great way to get business once you've had the opportunity to close and develop a client relationship. If they know of other people who are similar to them, that's your ideal referral. Uh, We also always recommend asking for surveys because anytime you can improve your own sales process or improve your team, you're not only improving your offer, but you're making your clients feel heard and giving them the opportunity to give you that feedback. Do you have anything to add to that something? No, I think you you summed it up really well. And I mean, it's an important step to not forget about because it's so easy to say, hey, we closed a customer, you know, the end, we, we did it, you know, let's go do that again. And there's so much opportunity, you know, in that last step to not use the customers, but um, I guess benefit from, hey, we've got a customer, we're gonna deliver a great product or a great service to them. And we want them to help us, you know, get to the next level. And, you know, so asking for reviews, you know, having them refer uh, to other potential customers. And I think a, a good, you know, way to ask for that is just, hey, we're trying to find more great people like you or we can help them remodel your home or we're trying to help, you know, more people like you find their dream home and um, and make that move and that step in their, their lives. and. Um, you know, if you know of anybody, we'd love to connect with them. And it, it doesn't have to be this awkward, you know, process or anything like that. So um, that delight stage can be a really powerful stage for your business as you think about your marketing efforts. And they don't stop when somebody becomes a customer. They, um, that 
that marketing effort needs to continue. But I think uh, from there, we'll kind of wrap up. We've covered all the stages here. We've talked about driving traffic, converting leads, converting leads into customers, and then turning those customers, as you said, Danielle, into raving fans of our brand and our business. Um, so as we wrap for today, we always like to um, have a, a good action step or takeaway for our listeners um, so that you don't just listen to this and go, great, that was cool, and then go on and keep doing what you're doing. So Danielle, do you have you know either one or two good kind of action steps that people can take after listening to this episode? Sure, I have two. So first of all, when you're thinking about that SEO step, I always recommend optimizing your social media platforms also. And those are really quick and easy. They essentially just guide you right through it. They ask all of the questions and usually you'll see the bar progressing as you're filling everything out. So you'll know when you're at 100%. That's a quick and easy takeaway. And the final one is in the delight stage. We always love remembering something important about our clients. We call them customer gifts. So for example, if you remember a specific pain point when your now client was just a lead and you come into some new industry info or something. And it's always nice to just remind them that you're thinking of them and shoot them an email and say, hey, I know you were worried about this previously, just wanted to send this along to you. Or maybe you shoot them a text on their birthday, just that final touch so they know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate them. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Those are some great takeaways. Um, I'll just throw one more in there so you've got something else that you can work on as some homework. but. Um, just as a quick next step in terms of conversion, just do a quick audit on your core pages of your website, so your main navigational pages, and click through those and check. Um, do you have calls to action on every page where somebody, if they just landed directly there, would they be able to convert into a lead? And then the next level is, do you have something at the top of the funnel for a researcher and something a little bit more towards the bottom of the funnel? that's where somebody would be ready to talk to sales or um, take that next step. And so with that, we are going to wrap for this episode. Hopefully you've gotten uh, a lot of good uh, recommendations for next steps, but a good understanding of what the inbound methodology is. Uh, Just a quick reminder to subscribe to Builder Funnel Radio. Um, As we continue to, to gain more listeners, we can pull in some Uh, industry guests and some really interesting people. Um, So please subscribe to to Builder Funnel Radio on whichever channel you happen to be listening to. Um, And then if you need more information on marketing um, or sales, definitely stop by our website, builderfunnel.com. And then find us on social media and start interacting with us. Leave us a comment. Um, Danielle may be the one that uh, ends up talking to you on some of our social platforms. So Um, Check out our Instagram profile. We've been posting a lot more there, and it's a pretty fun channel right now. Um, So we'll look forward to seeing you over there. And uh, with that, we will sign off for today and see you next time for the next episode of Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.